Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DestoProds.com Video Games Podcast, the only quarterly videos game podcast that is still way behind everybody. As always, I'm dead. Today we got Alex. We're back. Yay. And Cave. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> so, yeah, we're back. Sorry. Just sorry. 2023 was a bad year for me in scheduling, so hopefully 2024 will be better. We have a games podcast? I know, right? <laughs> Next thing you know, we tell them we do movies, too. So if, that was my first thought. when before, before, you were like, why aren't you guys talking about this in the games podcast channel? And I was like, we have a channel for that? We have a games <laughs> podcast? <laughs> it's been so long, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's on me. Largely. No, I've been having a lot of depressive issues. Like, a lot of depressive issues. But yeah. I'm just lazy. Yeah, fair enough. But we are here to talk about video games now. And let's start off with news and other depressing stuff. Uh, for example, Skull and Bones, a game that is pretty close to actually being a video game. So Skull and Bones, for those who don't know, was announced like fucking years ago as being like, hey, you know, the uh, you know, like the sailing pirate stuff that you did in Assassin's Creed Black Flag? Oh, yeah, that game. Yeah. What if the entire game was that? Which would make a great game. Uh, would it, though? Should. As- yeah, as we get into it, um, as uh, the game is now officially going to be coming out soon, uh, the the official release date is February 16th, so at time of recording, next Friday, and uh, with that, they've also announced some more stuff with it, like the year one roadmap, they had a demo up that actually, like, it opened beta, that kind of ran for the last little bit, and the full finalized price of $70, a price that... Um, during a conference call uh, with various uh, Ubisoft salespeople, someone pointed out, hey, why is it $70? We're basically making a free-to-play live service game. To which uh, Ubisoft co-founder and CEO Eve Guimau referred to the game as a quadruple-A game, totally deserving of a $70 price tag. Well, there goes my will to play this game. <laughs> I mean, that's a better response than I thought he was going to have. <laughs> it's still a wild response. I was, I was expecting the response to be because you're going to pay it and you're going to like it, peasants. <laughs> but said with a very, like, French accent. Yeah, basically. Because you are going to pay it, peasant. <laughs> Cheese. You think, you think we make these games to abuse you? No. We do it to mock you. <laughs> oh, oh, God, that is... Given what Ubisoft did did with images imagery from the Black Lives Matter movement, that is a rough thing. Ah. <sighs> But no, yeah, I, I, I want to like this because I like dead, dead. I have the solution for you. Just go play Black Flag because that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I might try reinstalling Sea of Thieves. Oh, there you go. But then again, I need, I need people to play Sea of Thieves with. I, I don't think there's a single player mode in Sea of Thieves. I don't really have any. Like, I don't have any interest in Sea of Thieves because of the multiplayer side of things. I like, I like playing by myself. Yeah. I like playing video games alone. I don't, I don't like, like associating people. with other people. No, I don't. I, I don't like people. <laughs> yeah, fair. And like, like, Cave and I play games together all the time. Uh, but those are games that either, like, those even when those games have single player modes that are shit, they still have single player modes. Like the various like Left 4 Dead alikes we play. Mm-hmm. And fuck, we both I bought mean- uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. For no other reason than to play it with each other and not el- not anyone else. Yeah, 
I literally haven't loaded the game by myself yet. Yeah, same. I thought I would, but then we got into it, and it's just another Borderlands. It's exactly game just Borderlands with a new new coat of paint on. That's actually something we should talk about too. Yeah, once we, we get past news. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, but yeah, so their their roadmap is basically four DLC packs over the course of the or sorry four four seasons with fighting various <laughs> yeah fighting various pirate lords over the course of the next year. It's a live yeah, service game. I am game. so sick of PS4 just posting ads to my screen like, hey, you got this game. And it's like, no, I didn't. And I don't want it. Stop showing me Fortnite. I'm never going to play it. Well, hey, I might not like Fortnite, but how would you like this new U2 album? <laughs> uh, callback joke for no one but me. Anyway. I get it, but yeah, not I'm funny. sure it was funny to somebody. <laughs> it's funny to me. That's it, damn it. Is that a cricket? Yep. Anyway, moving on from there, uh, according to uh, Jeff Grubb from Giant Bomb, um, Microsoft is reportedly considering looking at bringing some of their console-exclusive franchises uh, to PlayStation. In particular, Gears of War. This Where is, is that damn cricket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just like in talks right now. Nothing is set in stone. Nothing is ever really anything. But this does make some amount of sense. Um like uh, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, he's always been very, he's always been like very much open about like the, hey, we just want people to play our shit. We don't really give a shit where they play it. Like he was like, like back. You mean a company head realizing that it's going to profit you more if you release it everywhere instead of just on the limited release console that you have? What? Yeah. I mean, like Phil Spencer was kind of the guy who, I don't know if he spearheaded it, but he was the, like the mouthpiece when they began doing like, hey, Everything released on Xbox, we're releasing day and date on PC as well. Which was a great move. It's the only way I've played some Xbox games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he was also like, like he kind of like came in and started doing damage control after the Xbox One's nightmare launch. Which, for those who don't remember, the Xbox One, when it originally launched, it was the, it was the console that you needed an internet connection to use, period. Yep. And that kind of killed that console. Yep. And then Phil Spencer kind of began not doing damage control, but just like being the front, being like the face of Xbox. And so doing a very good job of like being open, being very receptive to the community feedback and pushing Xbox forward in a way that isn't just, hey, we want all of the money and more just kind of a rising shit, like a rising tide lifts all ships kind of guy. He's been pushing. He was pushing for like uh, crossplay stuff. I I am a massive fan of a lot of the content that Xbox puts out except for the thing that they sell the most of, which is sports games. Those can go fuck themselves. (laughs) Um, Like, I love a lot of the games on Xbox. Like, I was a a Halo kid. I loved Halo. I didn't play the game. I just played the multiplayer, but still. Like, the multiplayer was the shit. And, like, then the PS4 came out, and I was like, man, Xbox is just shit in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> of a lot of the things they said around that time, um, and like, cause I and I played on the I played on the PS2, I played on the N64. I have I have a decent backing in the various consoles. Xbox has been shitting the bed for a long time, so I'm happy to hear them say, "Hey, let's stop shitting that bed." Yeah, and one of the reasons they might be doing that is because apparently, according to some new re- newly revealed sales data. 
the PS5 could have could be outselling the Xbox Series X and S two to one. <laughs> yeah, so this is coming from a slide deck released by Take Two Games. Take Two, they're the people who own like a uh, 2K and Rockstar and all that shit. Massive, massive corporation. But they released mm-hmm. a slide deck, and according to that slide deck, they're um, bu- as of December 31st, 2023, there have been 77 million Gen 9 consoles sold, with Gen 9 being, you know, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. Mm-hmm. And nothing. I love they always say next gen, but never say which gen they are. Yeah. Hey, we're going fucking next gen on this, and it's like, okay, what generation are we up to? The next one. The new one, the better one, the good one. Yeah. And for those of you who are wondering, but they're only at PS5. How are they on the ninth gen? There were four generations before the PlayStation even came out. Just laying that out there. Yeah. It's also hilarious that Nintendo still doesn't have one in this race. Like Switch the, works. Yeah, Switch works, but it's still technically an eighth generation console. Yeah. There were two generations before Nintendo came out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there were. Yeah. But yeah, so according to the thing, 77 million nine gen, gen, gen 9 consoles sold as of December last year. And according to sales data from PlayStation, uh, by November, uh, so, uh, Sony had sold uh, 50 million PS5 units. Jesus Christ. Meaning that Xbox Series X and S sales would be coming in at just around 27 million. Oh, you mean the digital only console sold less copies? The Hmm. Series X has a drive. And PS5 also has a digital version. I know, but they really pushed their digital only version. And that was another misstep. They get the Game Pass. Where they shit the bed. Yeah. Who needs to buy games? We could just pay us more money for the Game Pass. So that we could take the game that you love away from you at any time. Hell yeah, we love what David Zaslav's doing. <laughs> uh, Christ. Warner Discovery is a nightmare. Yeah, I hate digital only. All my PC games are digital only, but just because it's way too difficult to get a game. I'm pretty sure my PC doesn't actually have a disk drive anymore. So I, have I bought choice. a separate disk drive. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, motherfuckers, you are not taking my disk drive from me. I will go down to my fucking antique store and I will buy a game on a CD-ROM just to say fuck you. <laughs> you- uh, no, I'll just go to the Walmart, go buy one of those uh, thousand casino games that are probably malware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Walmart just all of a sudden starts selling Bitcoin miners along with just like a copy of like, I don't know, some hacked Mario ROM. Oh man, I actually played a game that like one of my friends was like, hey, you should play this game. And I was like, why? He's like, it's like Among Us, but it's not. And then he was like, yeah. And I'm, afterwards, he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was using our computers to mine Bitcoin. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> he got a bunch of us together to play it. We all played it. And he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was mining Bitcoin with our computers. And I was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I had to run a malware scan and everything. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And actually, so follow up with that um with that there also has been uh, reports that microsoft is it's considering other upcoming first party games and also release stuff like uh indiana jones and the great circle the first person indiana jones game from the wolfenstein people i think it's the wolfenstein people yeah i'm pretty sure that's what you said last time when we talked about it uh yeah machine games but yeah them uh yeah that also considered apparently is being considered after a short period of exclusivity on microsoft platforms and then that's also, how you do it yeah and then also 
Starfield. That what? nightmare. You know what? They do that. I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll buy it to support it. I'm not going to buy the Indiana Jones games because I have absolutely no interest in it. But I wanted to play Starfield for years. So they released Starfield on PS4. I will buy it. I. This is a promise that will be posted on the internet. So it means something. <laughs> I'll buy it on sale. <laughs> and then, finally for news, we have the thing that the internet freaked the fuck out about until they realized that they misinterpreted what was being said. Uh, so... So the internet. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast is in talks with Tencent, uh, a, like, massive uh, conglomerate out in, out in China that holds... That, like, owns a bunch of various game studios, including a minority stake in Larian Studios. Uh, w- Wizards is in talk with them to... Apparently, like... Uh, sell future video, sell like the video game rights for D and D to them. Okay. And the internet misinterpreted that as Wizards is looking to sell D and D to Tencent. Has <laughs> uh, still making enough money off of them that they're not going to do that. Oh yeah, ever they're never doing Even that. Even with all of the bad press. Yeah. So let's see here. But I mean, that's not really big news. <laughs> Just the internet was stupid. Yeah, that's the news part of it. Is the fact that people were just like, "Oh my god, they're gonna f- that." They're, let me put out fucking nine videos of me going Paul over fucking news articles. But yeah, so apparently on January thirtieth, um, it was posted on Chinese outlet Speed Daily, uh, Speed Daily, and then reshared by English language publication Pan Daily, um, with the report. English with the English version of the report claiming that uh, Hasbro is quote seeking to sell its well-known Dungeons and IP Dungeons and Dragons, and that the proposed deal would enable Tencent to gain dominant control over the IP. Uh, with Speed Daily uh, source being um, an economic consultant uh, group called Snow Leopard Financial Group, which claims business ties to Tencent and other chi- and other Chinese private equity. People have since reached out to Wizards and gotten discussion over it and. It's like, yeah, no, we're not fucking doing that, you idiots. There's still too much profit. in That's just what they want you to think. Yeah. Tencent has a 30% minority uh, stake on uh, Larian Studios. And Larian Studios made the fucking biggest game of 2023. That was a D&D game. Mm-hmm. They're obviously going to go to the people who like, they're obviously going to go to like the massive company that like has some ties to them and go like, hey, you want to buy this fucking, you want to buy these rights from us? We need to make a lot of money. We are shitting the bed constantly. People are very mad at us all the time. Every time we turn around, we've done something super villainish, and people don't want to buy our product. We've been releasing so much Magic the Gathering, and people just won't buy it, and we don't get it. I mean, it's not like if you flood the market, it kills the market. We have 75 secret layer drops planned this month. Uh, and that's uh, not even mentioning the Transformers cards we have coming out. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the point of this little back and forth that uh, we do sometimes is like <laughs> who can get the other to break first. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> but yeah, internet freaked out about that for like a day and everyone's like, no, you're wrong. Shut up. But yeah, so that's news. Damn, too bad. And speaking of Baldur's Gate 3, we've all been playing Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> How many hours do I have into Baldur Gate, Baldur's Gate 3 at this point? Yeah, Some of us have been playing more than others. Yeah, I haven't even finished that. I think I just got into Act 2. I 
have almost beaten the game and then got bored with it because I was mainlining it. Like, a friend of mine got it for me for Christmas. And pretty much from then until, like, the last few days of January, I have been doing nothing but playing Baldur's Gate 3. To the, I have 121 hours in it. Jesus. I have four. Yeah. I really enjoy the game. Um, I love this style of game. Uh, I believe it's called a CRPG. Um, I really love this style of game. And, I mean, hell, I played Divinity Original Sin, never beat it, because CRPGs are dense role-playing games. I played Divinity Original Sin 2, so as soon as I heard Larian Studios was working on this, I was like, fuck yes, sir! Yeah, this is Larian Studios' uh, fucking bread and butter. They know how to make these games very well. I own the original version of Baldur's Gate 3, including the mini D&D rulebook they sent with it, because there was so much rules and content that you needed to know that they had to include a supplement with the... Uh, game uh, and the original map i have Baldur's gate 2 i played all the five minutes of it <laughs> i just like the intro had nothing for me so i was just like eh, i'll get around to it and never did all right but i've also played all of the neverwinter nights games yeah i fucking love crpgs i love i love original DD. i have a love-hate relationship with fifth edition and this game fixes some things I hate about 5th edition and ignores others. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I should say, with for those who are for those who don't know, some fucking how, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is based off of the D&D 5th edition uh, rule set. A rule set that, uh, on the website, we have put the kibosh on, really. Just because of what happened with the OGL thing, like literally a year ago. Which, for those who don't know... The game was released under under an open gaming license where anybody could make content for it and sell it and keep all the profits for themselves as long as they didn't use like the actual like uh, like creative aspects of it and just use the system just use like the system elements of it. Mm-hmm. Wizards tried to shut that shit down and put in a bunch of shit on top of it and tried to do this very surreptitiously and with like as far as I'm concerned malice like malicious intent. Oh, yeah. No, there was absolutely malicious intent. And, and that's why you guys are seeing a lot of new TTRPGs coming out on the market. Because it's a bunch of companies that were using D&D and are like, fuck, we got to rewrite our rules because we can't risk them doing this. Yeah, that's that's why Paizo fucking... That's why Paizo introduced a brand new license to the market and also sold out of all of their product in like two weeks. Yeah, I was trying to find Pathfinder rulebooks for months. <laughs> there just weren't any... Oh, yeah, and when I finally get mine, they're like, we're going to do the remake. We're going to do a remaster. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah, it's why it's why a bunch of YouTubers have been like, hey, we're making we're making our own system. It's why other companies have been like, hey, we're going to take the 5e stuff that's now like Creative Commons and hard lean into that. Fuck everything else they make. But yeah, so we we pretty much put a kibosh on like actually talking about 5e itself. This is different enough and it's big enough that people want to talk about it. So we talk about this here. Uh, this is one nitpick that I have so far in terms of actually playing the game. I'm getting really sick of the dice rolling thing. Yeah, it's I wish you could have skip dice rolls on or make it skill based. Like, like, just like, like if you like have thrust. Don't you want to roll dice like you're actually playing? A game? No, no, I don't. The animation, even if you click to skip the animation, the animation is too long. Yeah, it goes so it goes so fucking long. It, it's like a it's like another step after 
It's like, hey, you confirmed the choice you want to make. Now confirm it again. Rolling the dice, thing, throwing it down. Oh man, it's like it's like I'm really part of uh, one some, thing that <laughs> some group. I don't know. Just 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 brain cut off right there. I was I was I don't know. One thing that like we like we actually like I found out and like like that point rolling some me. dice with the boys. I don't uh, know what you call it. Say say you're two playing multiplayer, and some one other player's in the dialogue. If you want to go over there and cast guidance, then the other player hears you. Yep. It's just as annoying as casting guidance in a real game of D&D. Yeah, it's just so much more spammable in this because, like, you can be in the middle of a dialogue and cast it and nobody gets upset. <laughs> like, like, literally, my first time playing this game was multiplayer with Cave. Hi. Every time I got the initiative on a, like, conversation, which... I don't mean initiative, like rolling initiative, just like I was the one to I, I was the one to engage in the conversation first, so it actually let me make the choice and everything. I just all of a sudden heard <laughs> every time to the point that I couldn't hear what the other person in the conversation was saying. I didn't know that you were hearing the audio. If I had, I wouldn't have bothered doing it because yeah, no, that's not fun. Yeah, no, and actually, I think. I think in my so like I started a game with Cave um, where I played where I made a dwarven warlock, a made, warlock, yeah, and then I made my own game, uh, my own single player game, which is where I'm playing a tiefling rogue, and I think I'm at the exact same point in both of those games because <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I don't want to just fucking be, I don't want to go in here and be like racing with Cave to get dialogue options first because Cave's just on autopilot, just like I'm gonna get everything as fast as I can. Well, I was try, I'm trying, I try to avoid that, I try to resist. But like, I did. I did fuck up at least once where I blitzed ahead and was like, "All right, I'm just gonna grab this character and shit." Yeah, and so wanted wanted to make a different character. Wanted to get a different like lean in on the game with warlock, going face, just talking to people, doing all that shit with rogue, sneaky boy, doing sneaky shit. You know how it do. Yeah, that would be a real problem with multiplayer. Me clicking through conversations too fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, just because like I, with I, most people who play multiplayer, well, they've already played the game, so they already. No, like, I just I I just read it like near superhuman speeds. So like I just like okay next okay next. <laughs> uh, same. Like, I, I I don't I don't even wait for like the the voice acting to keep up. I'm like, all right, I read it already. Next, next, yeah. next. I same. I have actually had to train myself to stop doing that because like say my wife is watching me play like a Persona game. That's not fun for her. <laughs> yeah. No. The way um, the way I train myself on that is I just literally set down the controller and just set it to autoplay. Uh, so what do you think of the uh, Marshall Caster divide in Baldur's Gate 3 from what you've played? Uh, I haven't been looking at the math, so I don't care. Fair. Marshalls are still weaker, but they have a lot more options that are actually useful. Like, especially the fighter. Like, Battlemaster Fighter is... One of the best battlefield controllers in this game. Is that what Lazella is? Just, uh, that's what you can make Lazella. That's her preferred path. Okay. Um, but like, even if all you take is a uh, trip attack, and like you don't really care about it, you just take precision attack. You've basically eliminated up to by the level five two enemy combatants. Just by trip attacking one, trip attacking another, then they have to waste a lot of time just getting up. I have shut down melee opponents completely with Lazelle and just had her tripping, tripping, 
stepping back fi- uh, 15 feet, and then in the next turn, stepping forward, tripping, tripping. It is ridiculous. Meanwhile, also, the number of magic items. If I had a DM this generous, I'd tell them slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I killed myself with a rock. I was trying. I was about to stop you, and then I was like, "It's too late." Yeah. Too late. Just let it happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just. <laughs> I never want to see other people suffer. I'm not. That Meanwhile, good. I just, I just picked the, I just picked the class option for Lizelle. That's more crits. Yeah, I mean, oh, champion? champion fighter is still great. Okay. F- crit, crit fishing is amazing, so long as you turn off karmic dice. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's like Lizelle attack, crit, attack again. Okay, that's all you're going to be doing all game. Yeah, uh, one thing that I think is uh, one thing that like based on what I've seen, like I haven't like dive deep into like what actually anything is. I've just been like trying to play it through the game as natural as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to just fucking sit down and go like, okay, give me the fucking relationship guides. Let me find who I want and then fucking just narrow down on that or just like go full optimization. Like I watched four hours of tips and tricks videos before I ever loaded the game the first time, just yeah. because I hate going into a game and just not knowing how to play. I mean, you can respec extremely cheap so it doesn't really matter and you can steal the money back the yeah uh, <laughs> i've heard no, it i'm serious no no i, I know that, that is what I'm talking. that's that's fine that's whatever that's D. oh no it's like it's like i feel like it's almost designed into the game because the character that lets you respec doesn't care when he catches you pickpocketing him <laughs> it's like all right i need that hundred gold back damn i missed damn i missed damn i missed Damn, uh, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Oh, yeah, he likes you no matter what. Thanks, (laughs) buddy. Not saying any names, because I I, don't want to spoil anything for dead. I was going to say, I figured out a trick where, um, uh, so basically, uh, you can put a container into a shopkeeper's inventory. Yeah, I I, I know that trick. And then put put all their stuff in that, and then non-lethally knock them out, and as long as nobody sees you, and then you can just take their entire inventory. take their entire (laughs) inventory, yeah. Because if you kill somebody or knock them out normally, then you don't get the loot. You get some of what they had, but not all of it. But if you put it all into a container, then you get that container with all of their loot. So if you're ever going to kill a merchant, why would you? Put all of their loot into a into a duffel bag and then kill them. Yeah, the only real problem bag. is that that if you non-lethally beat up a character and knock them out, they won't be very fond of you afterwards. Yeah, then you just bribe them into like. So you're gonna have you're gonna have to like bribe them to get their happiness back up, or else they're like this person doesn't like. And then steal the money like back you, that you bribed them with. Doesn't want to talk. To exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually I, one mechanic I love in this game is that if another player is talking to the NPC, it's basically giving advantage to someone to pickpocket them <laughs> which is how it would work in D&D <laughs> it's, great. it's not actual advantage but like one of the biggest dangers is the NPC turning around and seeing you in their pockets yeah no the, the, so like, you just have to talk to them to stop them from doing yeah, it yeah like like that that's something that I also ran into like playing like divinity original sin cuz that's the only divinity game i have where we're like, I'll walk into an area, go to steal something, and then the guy will immediately turn around and say, hey, you fucking asshole, stop stealing my shit! Yeah. It's really annoying. Yeah, and so, going back to the topic I was saying before we kind of trailed off there, um, my least favorite sentence, my least, or not even sentence, my least favorite, like, string of words from people who talk about 5e is, is like, level dip. <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> 
you're not the problem because you don't talk about it to me a whole lot because you know I don't like it. Yeah. No one but else I, gives a shit, and so they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna, right, I'm gonna take this, like, take a two level dip into this to get this to get to and I just, I'm fuck, I, I hate it. I, I mentioned level dipping to dead while we were playing, and he just broke. Yeah, I, I got physically upset. I was like, I'm gonna take a level dip into monk, I think, and then dead was just like, shut up, I'll murder you. And I was like, because okay. <laughs> I'm a sport druid in our game. Which, like, you add, like, necrotic to unarmed attacks. So imagine getting the monk's flurry with, like, that extra necrotic damage. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And I'm a gulak because it sounded neat. Gulaks are fucking great. I love, I like, my warlock is a gulak because, I mean, why are you bothering with temporary hit points? Cast armor of Agathus. Yeah, it is It is hilarious that even in a game where they're like, oh yeah, they fixed so many things about 5e, fucking monks are actually viable in this. And then Fiend, and then fiend Pact Warlock is still just dog shit. So is uh, Fae Pact. Ah, there's Fae Pact a- is bland beyond belief. Eh. It's, it seems like a... Like, like having like having a... I, I don't know how it is in this, because because with this, obviously, you're a lot more locked in. Like, mm-hmm. like, with, like within normal tabletop stuff... You can go fucking buck wild with goddamn anything. I made a fucking Fae Pact Warlock that was all just ice spells. I made everything ice. Mm. Because he, because his fucking, because uh, he was from like an Arctic place and his uh, patron was a like Arctic themed, like snow themed Fae. Yeah. With this, you are, you have, you have one Fae, assuming you meet your Fae. Do you meet your patrons at all in this? Uh, no. Okay, cool. As far as I'm aware. Okay, yeah. So just taking that aspect of the game that everyone forgets about anyway and just huck it to the goddamn wind. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, in the in this it well, in this it'd be neat. In this it'd be neat to just have every once in a while just in your middle of class is like it's like a cathedroid being ringing in your head. Eat that person's breasts. What? No, just just devour them. <laughs> just, just imagine like in the middle of a camp scene, just all of a sudden like a portal opens up and then just like this horrible shoggoth, just like nightmare creature just flops out of it. You're never sure which which side you're looking at. And all of a sudden the tentacle just goes forward with a note just saying, Hey, can you pick up like seven eggs? <laughs> I need exactly seven eggs. And one of them has to be spoiled. If it's not, not rotten, I, if just it's spoiled. If it's not, I take away your powers. <laughs> And then it just disappears, leaving behind an eldritch pattern on the ground. Yeah. That ultimately spoils out, oh, and some milk. <laughs> yeah. Just, just just as the creature's just melting, it's like, or also milk. <laughs> oh, I need to do that in the game at some point. That'd be neat, but also way more work than just not including it. It would. It would be hilarious, though. Oh, I, I'm really hopeful that, like, I don't care so much about, like, more, like, story content as much as I want them to release my favorite class. Alchemist. Not Alchemist. Artificer? I've been playing too much Pathfinder. <laughs> Artificer. They, they've modded that. I don't care about the mods. I want to play. Yeah, officially released content. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it's going to be all kinds of mods. None, none, all these, yeah, none all of, this of fucking, these ignored classes. Yeah, none of this fucking. Oh, I made a mod. You get to play as Optimus Prime now. Uh no. Most most of the mods are about like just like I put this th- I put this class that wasn't in the game in the game. Just homebrewing. Or just homebrewing, like arca- uh, arcane archers or alchemists or or artificers. a fuck ton of cosmetics. There are so many cosmetic mods. Yeah, I I don't know if it's gonna be like uh, Skyrim where it's like and now Macho Man Randy Savage is all the dragons. 
Yeah. I was like, hey, I brought hey, I brought in like this I I brought in I brought in this barbarian subclass from D D wiki. Ugh. And now I'm also playing as Macho Man Randy Savage and we're gonna go fight this dragon, which is actually Tom's the tank engine. I brought in the garlic bread cleric. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the game is the game is a lot of fun, and I think I'm actually going. I think this is actually this has a better chance of getting me to get into the game than Divinity ever did, because with Divinity Original Sin, Divinity Original Sin feels like trying to play a role playing game without having access to the rule book. Yeah, it does. I agree with that completely. Same for Original Sin too. Yeah, like like, like, like going into those games with like going into that game just blind. It felt like the first time I tried playing a tabletop role-playing game where it was at like this like local comic shop back when I lived in London, Ontario, not London, England. Uh, it was just like, hey, we hey, head out of the basement of this comic shop. We're going to be having an RPG day. Sit down. You can win some dice. Play some games. Let's go. Sat down. I think I was playing a GURPS game or something. Ah, GURPS. Or some kind of just like generic fantasy thing that looked like a rule book came out in the 80s. And I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. They just gave me a character sheet and said, okay, when you want to do something, just tell me and I'm going to fucking do it. And then I fell on the I fell on the first time playing a RPG but not really into it of I check for traps every five minutes. And then I think I died and then left. Meanwhile, my roommate stayed there and won two sets of free dice. But with this, I know the rules. I know the builds. I know how this shit works. Even if it is, even if it's slightly different, I know enough of the language that I can go in and go. Okay, this leads to this, which this is that. Okay, I got it. Oh man, I, I, as a min maxer, whenever I see someone post a build, I immediately just like put on my critique hat. <laughs> just, just a just piece like, of your brain just clicks. Just like, oh, what are you talking about? That is the worst warlock option to choose. If you're only going for a one level dip of warlock, then you've got to pick gulak. I mean, why are you taking? Yeah, just, I've. Yeah, I've I've seen that happen in real life. <laughs> just that moment where somebody like, hey, here's my build. And just the second they say something you don't agree with, it's like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I've done that at our tables before and had to stop myself like, oh, God, I'm doing it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean. It's been too long as a min-maxer and it's a, it becomes a disease. But I mean, I feel like that does say something about this game in terms of, in terms of just like its viability as a like role-playing game. I don't mean I don't mean just like CRPG. I mean like all role playing games. Just the idea that this is, this is just like fucking. You can you can get fucking balls deep into this the way you can in like any other TTRPG. Hmm. Says a lot. Says a lot about it. And I'm going I'm going down like slightly different routes in terms of how I'm playing my rogue and how I'm playing my warlock. Mm-hmm. Where with the warlock, I, th- I think you said said it when we were playing, and he was like, "Oh, great, you're gonna be friendly. Everyone's friendly." <laughs> well, I. I- Okay, so just, just just because you know it's people's first time playing, they don't want to be a dick right off the bat. Uh, yeah, and I pick I pick the snarky asshole options because they're funny. <laughs> like, I ha- I actually currently have a playthrough going where I'm only picking the snarkiest option in every dialogue, which not every dialogue has a snarky option. So the, on those, I have someone pickpocket the person while I'm talking I, to them. I started a game as a drow who's pleasant but can be you know. You're, you're, you're picking the nice guy options. Everybody, everybody picks the nice guy options unless they're like, I'm doing the evil playthrough. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, so with so with like the warlock, I started out picking the nice guy options in that just because it's my first time playing. I didn't want to be the dick bag right off the bat. I didn't want to play on easy mode. <laughs> but then going into the rogue thing, bit more of a tweener 
where I'm not where I'm picking some nice guy options, but I'm also just like fucking over people like with like with Shadowheart when she fucking passed out. I tried to steal the root. I started to steal the relic off of her. Mm, yeah, I've done that. That fucking like tried to do that, that I mean. weird nightmare D20 she's holding. I know I one guy who just killed Shadowheart on the spot. I want one of those. Like he, he had, just because like, he didn't like weird, her. He, he didn't like her. He was he was like he was like oh how dare how dare you try and tell me what to do? She's dead. Stab. How <laughs> dare you be independent? I love watching the solo playthroughs where they throw Shadowheart and Lazel off the side of the ship. <laughs> That's just funny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny like, as like, hell. He killed he killed half the party because whenever whenever anyone said like anything slightly challenging, it's it's like it's it's like um it's like the Mass Effect two players who were like developed an intense hate on for all of the Mass Effect one characters who wouldn't immediately rejoin them because they're like, How dare you not immediately serve Shepard? Shepard is me and I am the greatest so I, am the, any I am part- the god of this world, you fucker. So, so whenever any party member did anything slightly against what they, he was just like, all right, you're dead. <laughs> wow. Yeah. By the end, he'd killed like half the party. That's yeah. great. Uh, other thing I did different uh, that Cave would know. Um, freeing Lazel. In um in our joint playthrough, I used my high charisma warlock to just basically like, I think, lie and trick my way into just like getting them to leave. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, I lied and tricked my way into letting them break the cage and then kill the and then kill the tieflings. Oh yeah, my my first playthrough, I just killed them on the spot and then I lost my paladin uh, oath ah! as, a, as a result. Oh right, yeah, you made fucking Rathgar. I made I made Rathgar and it was it was like it was like who are, who are these guys? I was like I don't know, but I know her, so I'm gonna kill you to get her out. And then it's like oh, you are now an oathbreaker, Rathgar. So like, to explain real quick for everybody, Alex has one character. He started with a one dragonborn character. paladin named Rothgar. We've broken him from that, but he still goes back to it fairly often. Yeah, Rathgar is the standard because, like, when when we started playing tabletop role playing games together, he had only ever played D anD D like a couple of times, and every time you played, you made Rathgar. Am I remembering that right, Alex? Yeah, pretty much. Sometimes, sometimes I called him something else, Gar, but it was always like basically the same character. Yeah, it was it, always it's always to the, the Gar. point where we have a meme game called the Clan of Gar. Yeah, which is the which is everyone has the last everyone has the second half of their first name being Gar. <laughs> There's a whole temple to because <laughs> it, I, I, it was the same thing. Where it was like I'm going to play Rothgar again. Like you can't play Rothgar. He's he's in, he's in our other game. Pick something else. So I'm like, all right, uh, Bothgar, Bothgar, a dragonborn paladin named Bothgar. And I was like, oh fuck, all right. <laughs> yeah, and, and let's that, just get this over with. And that carried over a little bit into our like first couple of games where you played Rothgar in my game, and then when James started DMing, uh, you made. Uh, another Gar, mm-hmm. but weren't they like a lizard folk fighter or something? Uh, no, that yeah. one, no, that one was still a dragonborn. Yeah, that was that was that was still a dragonborn, but they weren't a paladin. But now, it's basically a meme where if you ask Alex what he's playing, he's playing Rathgar. Yeah, he's he's gotten out of that a lot, where he's made like a bunch of different other characters. Um, fucking Jade Beetle. I, I still love the common Rider the Jade. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, there's so many bad decisions. To clarify, yeah. To clarify, he didn't make the Jade Beetle. He made a rogue, and then Cave gave him Common Rider powers. <laughs> I gave everybody Common Rider powers, even if one of you never used them. And he and he, he's like, he'll he'll use this intelligently and responsibly. And then the first thing, he, the first time he uses it, he henchins in the middle of a newspaper office and then dives out the front window head first. <laughs> Second story window. And then use the comrade powers to get a guy 86 from IHOP? Yeah. No, Denny's. <laughs> Denny's. <laughs> Denny's. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then it started a this secondary. This D&D. Yeah, then it started a secondary meme in the group of Apex Longfellow. Uh, they stole his hat. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just kept popping up in other games. And every time he popped up, you're just like, Apex. And Cage is like, yeah, he's fine. No, the no the, the joke was that, the joke was that I kept accusing other characters who were, had nothing to do with <laughs> no, him being Apex, Apex Longfellow in disguise, and eventually Cave just started rolling with it. And he was like, oh, "How'd you know it was me?" <laughs> <sighs> I should have put an Apex Longfellow joke in my fucking bit for Curse Destiny, which that is coming back soon. We're gonna be do we have we have more episodes of that loaded up, including a little side story run by me. But yeah, anyway. That is literally all I have to say about Baldur's Gate 3, because that's literally all I've played of Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Last thing. I like this as a thing, which I think is what's happening. Different equipment, different types of weapons give you different actions. Yeah, which is yes. really interesting. Yeah, certain swords um, will give you like will give you like a fucking thrusting strike, while other ones will give you lacerate, while other ones will give you fucking like power attacks or some shit. And sweep. Yeah, sweep. Like and you fucking have a, you have a cleave attack. Yeah, and bows also have different shit. It, yeah. th- as soon as I realized that's what they were doing, I was like, fucking yes, I love that there, shit. There are some weapons that have a lesser magical effect that I have kept equipped on characters because they gave them actions. Yeah, like with with tabletop role-playing games, or role-playing games in general, I love disentangling like specific actions from like from like combat stuff away from character classes, just kind of letting letting anybody have access to them. Like like having a rogue with a sword that can lacerate is fucking is a fucking really great idea. But lacerate feels so much like a fighter move. Dude, lacerate on a tiger barbarian is fucking terrifying. Yeah, like just because so much they get benefits if your opponent is bleeding. Yeah, so much shit like that where it's just we're just like taking like that is a fucking amazing idea. And you know one hundred percent I'm stealing that shit, baby. Hell oh, yeah. Hell, I technically already have been stealing it in the thing me and Cave are doing. With different weapon properties about stuff. <sighs> I like when I come up with an idea and then I see other people do it in a thing that is successful. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, so I adore Baldur's Gate. I've just played way too much of it in too short a time. You burned yourself out in it. I burned myself on it. I need to take a break from it. When I go back, I'm probably going to start an entirely new character because that's how I play RPGs. So I'm just taking my time. I'm not, I think I'm just finishing. That's, that's probably act, the right way to play it. Act one, and I've had this game for like four months. Yeah, I I'm am about halfway through act two. I, 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 no, I, act three. I, so. I, I, I shelled the uh, Rothgar for the moment, and then I, I restarted as a drow, but you know, he's still there if I want to go back to him. I, yeah, I, I love Rothgar's always there. As, I love playing as anything that gets um, disguised self because then I can be any race. <laughs> It's a lot of it's so much I tr- fun. I tried the I tried the spore druid. <clears throat> I wasn't really having much success with it, so I changed to the shapeshifter druid. Mm. So I could be a bear. Spore <laughs> druid is my favorite druid because it's just weird. And Hi, after- I'm a melee specialist druid that stays as a stays as a humanoid, but eventually I make zombies. I don't like druids because people made them too yeah. overpowered, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to touch that. No, I just I just needed something beefy to. And to uh, increase my party's attack, so I was like, oh, I'll be a druid and turn into a bear. And then after I, after I kill all the goblins, I respect into a ranger. Did you fuck the bear as a bear? I haven't gotten to the point where you can do that yet. <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah. And then the, and the, I accidentally killed the owl bear cub. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally? Yeah, I blew him up. 
I blew, I blew him. I blew him up in the goblin camp when I used the bar- the old barrel. Oh trick no! Of oh, filling, okay. the, filling the entire courtyard with explosive barrels that I stole from the from, from the, the Zentrum. Uh, I stole from the Zentrum in the side, who I I knocked out and took all their stuff by using the backpack and the inventory trick, and then I went to their now unguarded room full of explosive barrels, and I had Lizelle haul them all outside, and then I just you know detonated them. And, appara- and apparently in the confusion, the, the owlbear cub was amongst them. <laughs> oh, no. I do love how this is, how like the, the engine, the, like the way they built the game, how it supports that level of cheesing. Like, like it's, it would be so, it would be so much easier for them to like make a game that is like structurally sound, which is like way less options. But having, I fucking saw a video of I think it was Matt Mercer playing with like Sven Vink, the guy who like ran the guy who like runs Larian, who is the weirdest fucking CEO in that he seems generally well liked and wears a suit of armor to most to most formal functions. Hmm. Like like if people who watch the game awards remember the dude in the suit of armor in the crowd and then he like that's the that was the director and and like majority owner of Larian Studios. So that reminds me about um you know the guy who writes um the weird porn, like, I fell in love with a bear and shit like that. Oh, Chuck Tingle. Yeah. He got invited to an event, but he wanted to wear a mask because he has social, uh, he has socialization issues. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we're not going to let you do that. And he was just like, okay, go fuck yourself. Yeah. It just made me think of that because it's like, oh, that'd be a great way for him to cover up his identity. But anyway, yeah, so he, yeah, so i like, Mercer just like stacked a bunch of boxes on top of each other in order to get like super high and then was able and they got high enough that he was able to misty step into a castle. Mm-hmm. And the Larian guy's like, hey, hey, that works. And I just love that shit where it's like the, the engine and the way that they built it is cohesive enough that you can get that level of cheesing without just breaking shit. I once couldn't figure out the proper way to get into an area on my first playthrough. So I stacked up a bunch of crates, had Carlac pick my character up because she was the strongest and hook my character into the area. <laughs> did it work? It did, but only because I had armor of Agathus warding bond and arcane ward up. <laughs> so I reduced all my damage to like minimal. That's and that was I, my main concern. I got up, walked over to, uh, it, I, I had another thing. Yeah. I, I said warding bond. Uh, and then I walked over to the uh, teleport point, interacted with it, and teleported my party, party to the <laughs> And then later on, I found the way I was supposed to get over there, and I was like, my way's more fun. Uh, yeah. That's great. It's fucking, that's fucking fantastic. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, I, guys I, want- remember, I, remember, I remember seeing a video where somebody, like, chained together so many explosions that it actually started lagging the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I see that. It, too. And, it, and it was strong enough to one shot like one of the strongest enemies in the game. <laughs> yeah, this game's fun. It is, and it's a good game, and it deserves to be well received. <laughs> it deserves to be a good game. It, but it, it, it deserves for people to realize it's a good game and not be like, "This game is no fun." D and D. I want to play sports games. Yeah. Well, this game's mid. Like. The the amazing thing is, I even really like some of the villains in this game. And usually when I see a villain, I'm just like, all right, I'm not even going to pay attention to you because I'm going to kill you in like six seconds. Hello, Mr. Expendable Villain. 
<laughs> but like, I really, really like uh, Kethrick Thorne. I'm not going to go into any further detail than the name, but I really like him. Because again, Dead hasn't gotten that far. I doubt you've gotten far enough if you just gotten to Act Two. No, but, but I think I know. I think I know who that is. He, from he and his boss fights, possibly my favorite in this game. Just like it's very interesting, very fun, uh, great how, story. The how did you go? How did, how did you go against the Hag? Did you find that fight challenging? Uh no. Yeah, it's case. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I min-maxed my entire party, and the only thing that holds you back in D&D is when you can't control the party. I mean, I just so, blew her up. <laughs> I, I did the other route that got me specific benefits. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I just blew her up. Hell yeah, brother. Except I, I think I think I used I used up like the last of my explodey barrels, like killing her, but I'm like, no, sorry, I'm just going to blow her up. <sighs> I wish there was a, like you. There was just a merchant who sold exploding barrels. I was gonna say, where, where do people get all these barrels? And I see like all of these videos of like of like stacks and stacks and stacks of powder barrels that they just like, like explode. I like, I want I want someone who sells smoke powder barrels. Someone That's, in the game must generate them somewhere because yeah, people, and people I don't know how people get I'm so like, many barrels. How are they doing this? Or they've just been like holding them forever. It's just like anytime they find a barrel, just all right, mine, 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 mine. I mean, oh, yeah, the, the, some, the, like, the amount of barrels I've seen, like, if there shouldn't be that many barrels in the game unless... Some like, of the Act 3 them. videos, I could see that, but I've seen people with, with like, city-destroying levels amount of explosives in Act 1. I'm just <laughs> like, where are you getting them? The Centrum hideout does not have that many. There's gotta be, like, there's gotta be, like, some fucking, like, weird cheesing strategy where you can just, like, grab a bunch of barrels, do some weird, like, save scum thing, and then, like, still have the barrels, but load in new barrels. All right, we've got to talk about something else, otherwise it's just going to be the Baldur's Gate podcast. All right. Uh, well, then, I guess from there, Alex, what else have been playing? So, quite a while ago, uh, I picked up a game called SD Gundam Cross Rays, which is Gundams, but they're cute and chibi. I remember watching an anime based on that. Yes, they had that on Toonami. Yep. Back in the day, Ex- except this is except this is literally like reenacting the animes. Except the Gundams are cute and chibi. Do they do like the do they do like the um like Lego thing of just being comedy about it too, or do they play it no. deadly straight, which is like these no, like they play, little squat they play, things? They play it deadly. They play it deadly serious. Not only do they play it deadly serious, but like there are no changes to the plot whatsoever. And by that I mean, uh, if you have like parties of characters in various SD Gundams <laughs> you create. But the story doesn't acknowledge him at all. It's like you, you start with Seed, it's like and, and it's like Hero fights in his one Gundam alone. And it's like, what about all these other guys? No, they're they're not really there. They don't matter. They they, they don't exist afterwards afterwards after your entire army has taken out the small army and then Kira's like, Man, that was rough. Too bad I'm all here alone. <laughs> Man, I I have never I don't think I've ever played a Gundam game. Just played played a Gundam quality. fighting game once. And that's it. Oh, yeah, they used to have those back. I mean, I guess they they still exist, but that was the big thing was the Gundam Wing fighting game. Oh, no, wait, the only, sorry, the only Gundam game I played is the Overwatch clone. Ah, uh, yes. Gundam Evolution? <laughs> yeah, that's done. That's that's dead. Yeah. It failed. It failed badly. I can see why, based yeah. on what I played it. <laughs> it was not a very good game, and it was like, oh, Overwatch. Yeah, it wasn't uh, a very good game, and it wasn't a very good launch either. No, and it, and it wasn't a very good Gundam selection. Yeah, just... I don't even fucking remember any of them. Like, I, could you play Zaku? Yeah. 
You could play as you could play as Zaku. You could play as like the original Gundam. You could play as the lead Gundam from Iron Blooded Orphans. Oh right, like, yeah, the melee one. But like some, but some of them were just strange. Like it's like the only seed representation was like the one grunt. <laughs> Not any of like the lead Gundams. Yeah, why would why would you want a lead Gundam? Why would you want to play as you know like this the actual popular Gundams itself when you can be the Dom Trooper? Yeah, I feel I feel like if they're like maybe it was just because they had enough representation of the yellow, white, and blue Gundam. Yeah, probably, but I mean, which that feels like. That feels like a thing you need to get. It feels like a thing you need to either like figure out a way around or just lean into it because I think it just that, that just doesn't work in Overwatch style. Yeah, no, no. Like with with those games, yeah, with those games, like like not necessarily color palette, but like silhouette is very important. To like recognize at a glance what a thing is, and so like there, and so there's it, a there's a fighting game slash I guess competitive third person shooter called Gundam versus which is like huge in Japan and also here a little bit but like it's it's mainly on the arcade front and you know people don't actually play on arcades here anymore yeah now yeah, but it, but like most of the roster is is most of the most of the roster they're all the main character Gundams and they're very similar look and very similar design but they make it work because they have all kinds of different combos and stuff yeah like I- this this guy can do a wield his sabers and do a spinny slash, and this other guy can only use one and do a stab. Yeah, like I've I've heard I heard some people talk about like um like how important the silhouette of a character is for games like an Overwatch or like a TF2 or something else where it's just like okay you you need to, like at a glance you need to tell if that person is either on your team and with that person is a threat to you in whatever the current meta is, and so a lot of that it's silhouettes and with Gundam specifically the main Gundams. While there is differentiation between them, a lot of the main Gundams just kind of look like Gundam. You have to, like, you have to have an eye for the difference in details. Yeah, like, I, like Iron Blood, the Iron Blood Orphan main Gundam makes sense because he's the fucking one with the giant club. Yeah, and so that's easy to tell at a glance. And he but, looks a little different from the usual. He's like pointier. Yeah, but like for the majority of the other ones, it's big yellow V, white and blue body with some red highlights and a gun or a sword. And it's like, okay, cool. That which I don't know which one that is because they're all the same. The Gundam fans unite against us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it goes with like, obviously, you could tell that the that one Gundam has the MA Mark II beam rifle, whereas that one has the A9B beam rifle. And you could tell by the difference in their silhouettes. If you how, can't and- tell by the difference in the number of horns each individual Gundam has, you need to get out of the fucking call. I looked I up. Mean, I, I, I mean, booted I, up, I booted I, up the Gundam I versus. I booted up the Gundams versus page, and went to the playable suits header on Wikipedia, and yeah. it said the arcade version initially had around forty suits, such as FA-010S, MS-06FZ Zaku two, and I'm just like, okay, am I reading about robots or fucking car models? Like this. Well, it's important. It's important so you can tell the what what the difference is in Zaku's because you know. No, I know that, but some of them are just some of them are just it's the Zaku from this show and it's the Zaku from this show and they have to the thing differentiate I just, it. The thing I just read was two different robots. Oh, was it? Yes. You see what I'm fucking talking about? <laughs> oh. It's just fucking serial numbers. It's like the way Sony names headphones. It's nightmares. Yeah, they all have serial numbers. Yeah, of course they do. And every fucking Gundam fan has memorized all of them. I'm a Gundam fan and I haven't memorized any of them. I've every, only memorized every, a couple of them. Every non-casual Gundam fan. I was gonna. Yeah, s- I was gonna say like I could probably d- 
tell all the differences from the lead Gundams at a glance. I don't think I have all of their serial numbers memorized. I'm a filthy casual. If you are a guy, if you are a person who has an opinion on the type of plastic used in Gundam models. Gunpla. I know that. I know that's the name of those. I was being as casual as I could. <laughs> I mean, you saying this, I don't actually know what the whatever number F- FZ Zaku is actually, come to think of it. <laughs> um, like, what show is that from? Uh, let me Google search that specific gu- Zaku. Uh, that is a mobile suit introduced in the OVA Gundam mo- uh, Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket. Oh, okay. I know I know what that one is. That's <laughs> that's the one that the uh, Solid Snake piloted. But I, I didn't. I I mean I I didn't know I didn't know that was the that was the full number. But I'm like, all right, it's the Zaku from that one. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, see, I, I know I know that because the guy who piloted it was voiced by David Hayter many years before he became Solid Snake, and also because the, the main Gundam in that is called the Gundam Alex. <laughs> hey, so I remember that. I, I remember that one. It's it's me. You know, I I was I was gonna make jokes. I'm the same fucking way. I I pitched a call Cthulhu scenario to you guys just because I had my name in it. Yeah. So that, so like, that's why I know that one. I'm like, oh right, War in the Pocket. I know that one because that's the one I'm in. The Gundam form. <laughs> Just this, just like, just like goes back to that, just goes back to that, like, design of like, uh, of like that really racist Gundam where everyone's like, it's like, hey, Canadian Gundam, here's a fucking hockey player or whatever. And it's just like, hey, here's Jersey, here's Alex Gundam. It's a fucking dude from Jersey. Just, 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 it's like a robotic version of the guy from Megas XLR. Yeah, just Jim Tan Laundry out there, just like, hey, what the fuck you doing? What are you doing here? God, I was about to ask, "What's my Gundam?" And it's just a car fused with a cro- or with a crocodile. That's... No, it's it's a it's a car fused with a crocodile wrapped around a light pole. <laughs> that's that, that's the cave Gundam. <laughs> and my Gundam, uh, uh, and my Gundam never gets out of the shop because this pilot keeps dying. Dead. I was gonna say there is a Gundam that like is made of skull, but <laughs> Gundam is made of skull. There is a skull Gundam, isn't there? Is there is a skull Gundam, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, pi- a pirate Gundam. Uh, <laughs> the crossbone Gundam. Has, Gundam has, is fun. It has, like, pirate motifs. Okay, yeah. The skull Gundam is um, from Neo-Malaysia. Yeah, it's from G Gundam, which is, what, which is all of the stereotypes. I feel like I couldn't pull that off. Like I the, love the, G- I love G Gundam. It's so terrible. Like the te- tequila Gundam, which is a... Uh, wearing a sombrero oh. and it's from and it's from space colony neo mexico which is just a giant sombrero floating in space <laughs> is that le- more or less offensive than vodka drumkinski i think you mean soda popinski <laughs> no no i know what i said uh, i mean the i mean the russian gunman in that is like a prisoner with a who uses a ball and chain as his weapon so i don't know uh if that's if that is offensive or not, I Google searched Skull Gundam, and one of the first results was a um, thread from R slash Malaysia. It's like from our Gundam. Apparently, we are Skull, and one of the, and the first like top comment is just like at least at least Malaysia is in a freaking windmill, Lamau. Oh yeah, we, we've talked about the, this plenty. The, the the windmill Gundam. I just know I just noticed that fucking Nepal's Gundam is a bell. The Nepal, yeah. yeah, the Nepalese Gundam, uh, or whatever the fuck. Ne- what is what is the person from Nepal? He is Nepali, um, Nepalese, Nepalese. Uh, yeah, I think Nepalese. But yeah, it it it's just a fucking bell with a Mega Man boss on top of it. Yeah, piloted by a blind guy. 
That seems ill-advised. It works somehow. Anyway. So SD Gundam fucking whatever the hell. Yeah, cross rays. I don't know why it's called cross rays, but it is. But the point was, uh, I bought it like over a year ago, and it turns out if you play it on any system that doesn't have a dedicated graphics card for gaming, so if you just try to play it off the raw GPU, um, it crashes after so many animations are played, which is like three. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. So I said, all right, time to shelve this. Until I, have, then, a, until uh, I have a dedicated graphics card and not an APU. Yeah, so now well, no, well, I have a I have a, a laptop I bought for travel, which actually has a dedicated graphics card in it, so I can play it on that laptop. Is, is that the one you dumped water on? No, 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 this is the one I got to replace the one I dumped water on. The one that, that one I give yeah, the one the one that exists presumably. The, I, the one I poured water on, or the new one? The one you poured water on, because last time, like, cause I I don't remember the last time we heard about the saga of that laptop where it ended, but. I do remember that. You remember that for a while there. You sent it off to another state, and it's like it's like, and then you just didn't hear about it for months. Yeah, he couldn't fix it, and I sent it to another guy, and he couldn't fix it. So then I just decided, all right, screw it, and I bought a new one. Well, all right. Well, I didn't buy, I didn't buy a new one. I bought a a different laptop because I wasn't buying another one of those. Uh, I still have the old one. It's just kind of sitting there in a corner, being broken. Yes, put it put it in the same corner. I think, I think I'm just gonna throw it out at some point because I couldn't find anyone who could fix it. Uh, you could probably just go on like Craigslist or something and sell it for parts. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'm, like, I'm not going to go back, go crawling back to Aces and be like, all right, fine, I'll pay the full price for a new unit for you to fix this one. Yeah, fuck those nerds. So, yeah, maybe I will just sell it for parts at some point. But no, this this is a new one, and this it has a graphics card in it, and this one it can actually play the game. Well, that's great. So, yeah, and, um, you know, it's like a turn-based strategy RPG, basically. Where you play as chibified versions of Gundams from all the universes except the main one for some reason, which is weird because that's usually the most popular Gundam universe because half the entries are from there. But no, this is just the Wing Seed Double O and Iron Blooded Orphans game, which is still a lot because they have every various side story unit in there. God, I hate Gundam Wing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, just, I hate all the characters. <laughs> Is that the... F- okay, it's the sixth one. That's the one that was like, became the most popular and well-known yeah, that's in the Pretty West Boys with it, Problems. Because it, it aired on Toonami. That's Pretty Boys with Problems. And every single one of the characters in that suck. Universal Century, that's what it is. Universal Century is the main the main one. For some reason, I was thinking UA. No. And not UC. So, Universal Century, Future Century, After Colony, After War, Correct Century cosmic era so there's like so there's like 12 fucking timelines yeah why just cuz because uh because they wanted to make gundam stories without being tied to universal century they just do a final fantasy thing just say fuck fuck your timeline this is whatever well no because they take the the universe the, the uc fanboys take their timeline very seriously fuck them so yeah, they just they just started. Uh, I don't know. They just like all right, we're gonna well, the, well the, the first universe they did it because the the first universe that wasn't regular Gundam was G Gundam, and they're like we need to do a new timeline because this is like stereotype robots with like sh- loud shouty attacks, and it's nothing like anything else. So we have to put it in its own universe, and then they're just like this worked out good. Let's just make a new universe for every new show. Now, it, like my, my thing with it was just like 
why go through the effort of naming and dating every new universe when none of it matters? Because it matters in Japan because of how they uh, market it. And do they have like timeline crossover shit like that? Because like, believe it or not, believe it or not, no, not yet. You'd think they would have done that by now. But yeah, no. that's the thing. Because like, the only time like universe universe like nomenclature matters is if you do crossover shit like that. Because like. You need to you need to differentiate between like fucking Ultimate Spider Man and Spider Man, and that's why fucking and like 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 DC and Marvel didn't really start like naming their universes. I don't think until they started like crossing them over, because they had like multiple universes. Like fucking um, Marvel has like the What If stories. DC had the Elseworld tales, and then those didn't get numbered until they started going like, hey, yeah, these are interacting now. The thing the, the thing is, every Gundam show pretty much has its own production crew, so I think they they keep the universes separate for to like keep. You know who who's doing what? Like this guy works on this universe, and this guy works on this universe. It's not like Marvel and DC where they just like throw the characters around to whoever happens to be on staff. They take like th- like this universe is this guy's specialty, and he created all these characters, and we go to him whenever we want to do anything in that universe. Okay, because that's because that's just how Japan works. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else, Alex? Uh, yeah. I uh. I bought the uh, Nintendo Switch Online, um, like, special pass thing that gives you, like, the games. Yeah, the thing, that lets you, the thing that lets you play online and also gives you access to the app for voice chat. Yeah. And uh, I was just just looking. I was playing a lot of classic games that I missed out on back in the day. Like, Game Boy especially, because I didn't get a Game Boy until Pokemon came out, which was, like, eight years after the Game Boy came out. So all of those classic games I never got to play. Okay. Now you're thinking you're thinking why didn't you get them later on? And I was like, well, because I just did. Yeah. No, dude. Trust me, that's fair. Like I fucking the moment had passed. I missed like two whole generations of like gaming consoles just because I didn't have them, and I've never gone back to look at them. Yeah, retro gaming wasn't really a thing back then. If you were like, if you were playing something that was like several years out of date, everyone was like, "Well, good you loser! You can't afford the newest games." Well, yeah, because like back when we were, because back when we were like playing stuff, retro gaming was like the fucking Atari. Yeah, it's like, like, Atari. like, what, what are you gonna do? Fucking, it's like, oh yeah, I want to relive my nostalgia of being a fucking like twinkle in my dad's eye while he played fucking ET for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. God, I've played that game. Why? Because I like to suffer at a point. I was just like, why didn't why you, you film it? <laughs> because I didn't have the equipment, and I'm never going back. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I played AT. I just I had to see if it was that bad. Was it? It wasn't the greatest, but I mean, <laughs> I think I think I think it, I think it was more the I think it was more the cherry on top of the cur- the whole situation than you know ET ET for the Atari was such a bad game it single handedly crashed the industry because it was just so bad. You know, I from what I from what I've heard, it's like it was less. The, it was less like, oh, this is the thing that tanked it. More like it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, basically, they like uh, just hey, they, here, they, here's ten thousand shovelware knockoff dog shit games, and then hey, here's the licensed one that's also dog shit. It was more that they made like a ton of because co- they're like this game is going to be amazing because ET and ET was a good ET was a good movie. That means ET be- made us a lot of money, so it's going to ET made us a lot more. of money in Hollywood. It's going to make us a lot of money in games too, and then. You know, people were like, this is crap. Yeah, this is dog shit. Why do we keep falling in holes? A, a, a few people bought it, said it was crap, and then word of mouth spread, and the rest didn't sell. So they... Ah, the birth of the internet critic. Yes. <laughs> well, back then, you just, like, your friend bought a game, who was usually the guy who had the most money and got all the games first, and they were like, is it any good? 
And he's like, yes or no. And if he said no, then you didn't buy it. Yeah. And that guy was Jeff Gerstmann. Now, <laughs> again, joke only for me. Moving on. Uh, oh, yeah. So anyway. Um, so, yeah. So I played I played uh, Metroid 2 on the Game Boy uh, on the Switch. Oh, wow. For the first time ever. And I was surprisingly good at it. <laughs> Much to my surprise. <laughs> Not the game was surprisingly good. You were surprisingly good at the game. I was surprisingly good at the game. I mean, the, I mean, the game was the game was. You know what I expected for his time, but I was just like, hey, I, I managed to get the, the good ending, and by that, it's the ending where Samus takes off her armor, and it's like, hey, oh my god, it's I'm a goyle. I'm a pretty lady for the second time ever. I'm like, okay, I've known that for years, but <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's always, I, that's always I, the I thing feel, going I back. feel good that I that I got the good record on the first try. Yeah, it's always the fun thing going back for like going back for like these like classic shit that everyone knows about. Where it's like, oh, it's a big reveal, and you're like, yeah, of course. I mean, duh. Yeah, and then I played Super Mario Land too. Oh, the first the first uh, appearance of Wario. Wah. Which I remember the creepy commercial when I was a kid, but I never played the game because I didn't have a Game Boy. Yeah, I don't. I am like th- thinking back, thinking back on like my time playing games. I think I've only ever played like two mainline Mario games. Well, like, I did play the original. Like I played Super Mario World, and I played Super Mario. Gal- Super Mario um, Odyssey. I think that's it. No, I pl- I played one, two, three World, and because like when I was like two years old, my grandmother decided she had to get me a Nintendo because all the kids were playing it. I guess I don't really remember even wanting one, but she took me all over town to find the Nintendo. Yeah, and, fin- and fin- everyone finally- wants one. They're talking about it on the god all the goddamn time. It became a verb. Some it became the fucking name of everything somehow. Yeah. So we got it, and then we kept it. We had to keep it in her in her house, so I can only play it when I was visiting her because my parents were afraid it was going to corrupt me. <laughs> it, and it obviously did. I mean, look at where you are now. Yeah. Well, eventually, eventually, uh, we my mom found it so fun she got one for the home. So. Yeah. So you corru- your mother was corrupted by oh, it. Oh, my whole and- family, my whole family was corrupted. Like my grandma would like stay up playing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. With her neighbor. Yeah, one year my like, grand one year my grandma got me a Game Boy. Twenty years later, I'm talking about fucking Gundam on the internet. Yeah, she she and her neighbor would play it till like three a.m. and then they go into work tired. And her boss was like, "Why are you guys so tired?" And they're like, "I was staying Gundam. up all night." She's like, "I was staying up all night playing my grandson's Nintendo." Wow, wow, that is that is actually really impressive. Uh, I wish my family was like that. I wish Sadly, I had been around to actually see the advent of the, this level of like game, like video game saturation. Sadly, the only person I had that played video games when my family, other than me, was my aunt, and she's long gone. Sadly, but my grandma wasn't a major gamer. The only game she ever played was the first Super Mario and Duck Hunt. But none of us were very good at Duck Hunt. How yeah, are you stu- bad at Duck Hunt? That stupid dog. I don't know because they play, because just- they played it the way the game was meant to be played, and not like us bullshitters. I played it the way it was meant to be played. It's not hard. Yeah, but you're okay, from well, South. It was, it was hard for three-year-old me. <laughs> yeah, I th- three, three-year-old me with the with the old zapper. It was hard. I didn't know it. You just had to put it right next to the TV. <laughs> I never did that. Oh. <sighs> I played like a normal person. No, normal people did the on-the-screen thing. Oh well, they're losers. I just yeah, clicked, that clicked and clicked. Yeah, that was the light gun version of min-maxing. No, I just I I didn't do that. I didn't find that out till later. Yeah. I just had bad aim as three. Min-maxing takes work, Dad. 
and then the dog laughed at me, and I got mad at the dog. Yeah, I think I, I think I played. Some guy who used to be into my mom had a Nintendo, like an old, like original Nintendo, and we would go over to his place sometimes, and I'd play that. And that was the only time I had access to the older generation. Like I started playing games on a Super Nintendo, and then didn't get anything else until the PS2. GameCube was there. I missed out on because I just I thought I earned Nintendo. I just I didn't get one until it was like almost over, and I just never played any of those GameCube games. I didn't I never get played Mario Sunshine. I didn't get one until late 2010s, and I had it for a week before I sold it again. Ah, uh, well, you, know, you needed that pizza money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else been playing? Uh, not particularly. I've been uh, I've I've still been slowly working through Pokemon Sword, but I got distracted from all of this other stuff. Well, alright then. So, uh, yeah. So, I guess I'll go next. I finished a game and wrote a review about it for the first time in four years. I did my job. Uh, so I played Dave the Diver. I got this as part of uh like Steam holiday sales. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dave the Diver. Yes, Dave the Diver. It's a it was a very well received. Um, well, that guy is really fat. Yeah, that's part of the joke. <laughs> like they never bring it up, but still the idea, but still like just there's this very rotund man in a wetsuit swimming around. If in he's water. a hardworking diver, why is he so fat? Because that's the joke, Alex. And I mean, come on, with all of that, with all of that fat, at least he doesn't have to worry about getting back up. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Dave the Diver. Um, it is a diving and it is like a is like a 2d like diving uh roguelike game and also a restaurant manager where you're playing as dave diver he gets like brought in by his buddy cobra to manage a sushi restaurant around the blue hole a massive fucking just basically like straight up and down vertical ocean that has fish from every conceivable like water source all living in one location with no explanation why and ultimately, that doesn't matter. What you have to do is just go down. It's just this gameplay loop of diving into the water to catch fish, to put into your sushi restaurant, to make food, to earn money, to buy stuff, to dive deeper, to catch more fish. And then it just piles on like nine other fucking systems where in the middle of it, literally for no reason, comes up once, never again. There's a rhythm game. There's a point where you're doing like a Battletoad style, like like drive across the fucking screen and then avoid rocks while being shot at from behind. There is this fucking like like tracing a line game that you got to do to like weld stuff or like cut stuff open. There is a, there's a like ice pick thing where I have to like try to like, uh, like like warm, cold, find a weak point in a block of ice and then hit it and then do that. Do that like three times that comes up. I think once there is seahorse racing. There are two different farms to manage. There is a secondary restaurant that gets opened up to get, they, they don't have to like upgrade your people to give them management skills in order to put them in charge of that restaurant to manage. It is so much. And that's the worst part of the game is that there's just so much fucking in there that everything kind of like that. It just kind of like feels overstuffed and overwhelming at times. But that core gameplay loop is still really fun. Like it's a very like it, it has the roguelike thing of just like trying to get just get one more run, just getting in like a new best depth, a new best like catch of fish, catching like the best fish. Because like as you kind of progress through the game, you get new weapons that can catch fresher fish like catching them alive instead of killing them. And that that new fish leads to one of the other subsystems where you collect fucking Pokemon cards of the fish you catch. And then that leads to better tasting food. And you fucking upgrade yourself on Instagram because there's an Instagram equivalent in this. There's so fucking much. She's just like, I have, a, I have a Pokemon card of this fish that makes the food better. Yeah, it's crazy. There is so much shit in this goddamn game. 
And all of it is well done. It's just there's too much of it at certain points where you'll where just be going through it and end up forgetting shit. Like, I did not engage with, like, the Pokemon collecting thing. I did not engage with, um, like, the seahorse racing. Um, half the subsystems I didn't even fucking touch. There's a there's a killer shark in that game that I still need to fucking beat in order to in order to avenge some crazy woman's husband who only shows up when it's raining. And I just I just didn't because because I fucking I did I did everything else. I fought the fucking pre-Cambrian monster. I saved the fucking sun tree. I rescued the sea people from their fucking nightmare ice prison or whatever. I'm done. But the game was a lot of fun, like playing it. Like I like I wouldn't have finished it if I wasn't enjoying myself. And that game, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I think I am officially over the anime art style, like the like the anime style of um, like reactions and tone and like tone of voice and sense of humor thing. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm watching the trailer, and he's literally an anime nerd with a waifu pillow. That's the guy who makes your guns. Oh, okay. I thought that was Dave. No, Dave's a dude in like a like a Hawaiian shirt who's just kind of a nice guy. Whenever somebody says Dave, I think of the uh, crazy neighbor from Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> yeah. And and what's also fucking crazy, Day of the Diver has more shit coming out. Like, they have the fucking, like, Dredge tie-in DLC that I never, that I haven't played. Which I might go back to because I fucking love Dredge. Um, they also have one coming out for, um, that's tying into Godzilla Minus One. That was announced, like, a month or so ago. Where just the Godzilla's coming to the blue hole and it'll do something. Catch Godzilla, serve him to your guests. <laughs> yeah, catch him with a spear gun. Watch as everyone turns into radioactive mutants. Yeah, there's also um, there's also a, like this game was weird because there was a weird bit of well, quote unquote controversy surrounding it because it was nominated for the 2023 Game Awards for Best Indie Game, and it was technically made by Nexon, which Nexon is a massive Korean game publisher. Uh, they own a bunch of studios. They've put out some of like they put out like a Maple Story and like Dungeon and Fighter and stuff, as well as like owning a bunch of other games. And yeah, people were just like, "That is not an indie game. Why the fuck is this nominated for indie game shit?" shit. Because like Nexon's name is only in like the like legal text at the bottom of the main menu. Everything else just says, "Hey, this is made by Mint Rocket. It's made in DT Mint Rocket." But Mint Rocket is just a branch of Nexon Korea. I don't know. It's a whole thing. But yeah, Day of the Diver. It was fun. Uh, less fun. Was another game I got as part of the, um, like Steam holiday sales, uh, the Lamplighters League. So the Lamplighters League is XCOM likes have kind of fallen out of favor in the in the sense of like the in the sense of like XCOM enemy unknown model where it says hey we got fucking like hundreds of dudes just faceless marines coming in you can upgrade them but then when they die you got to replace them with somebody else and they've kind of moved over into more hero based with like XCOM Chimera Squad and Marvel Midnight Suns. Where instead of having just like hundreds of nameless dudes, you have like twelve named specific characters that all have character specific abilities. And Lamplighters League is kind of one of those, where you are playing as members of a like World War II pulp era, like um, not vigilante, but like a um, a privately owned anti-Nazi organization, basically, where you are trying to just like do spycraft and take out. Nazis before they get to like uh before they get to like weapons of power and and like ancient magic trees and stuff. I haven't I didn't get super into it because the game just wouldn't fucking work. I don't know if it was like a my computer thing or if it was an optimization thing, but I could not get the game to run at a consistent frame rate. I couldn't get it to run in any way that actually made it function at a playable level. And it sucks, it's like I really liked the look of it. I really liked the 
I like the gameplay of it. It 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 breaks it up into like two separate modes of exploration and then instanced combat. Where in exploration mode, you are doing like isometric stealthing, where enemies have like vision cones and the, and you're trying to like sneak up behind them, take them out. Um, you, you, you can take them out with like one hit in exploration mode, but then if they get spotted, then it turns into it turns into like just tactical XCOM mode, and you have to like actually take some time hitting them. And you know, like all that stuff, I really like. But if the game, but I can't get the game to actually like function properly on my computer, which is a shame. I've been looking forward to this, and apparently this game, this game did so poorly that the people who made it were able to work their way out of corporate ownership. Like Hairbrain Schemes, people who made this were owned by Paradox. The game was put out, published by Paradox, um, developed by them, and the game was received so poorly that Hairbrain Schemes actually negotiated their way into buying their company back from Paradox. Which don't know how that fucking works. But yeah, uh, with that, I've also been playing a game that was basically what that was in terms of mechanics, but just actually works better. Uh, with Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. This is the one where you play as a duck and a pig. But the duck, but the pig has a shotgun. The duck has a sniper rifle. I explained mechanics of it uh, just a second ago. Uh, and it still functions the same. Exploration mode, um, combat, mo- uh, instance combat mode. Um, it's XCOM. I can tell I'm really riveting you guys with this. <laughs> Well, <laughs> just looking at, I mean, just looking at waveforms and having no one talk for the last 20 minutes it's XCOM yeah uh, but again you might have some things to say about Tales of Kenzeru Tales of Kenzera Zao so this is a this is a demo that I play the game is not I'm assuming, the, this, I'm assuming this doesn't have anything to do with the Tales of series it does not yeah, this no. is an entirely separate thing uh, yes this game was announced a few months ago um, it, it showed off like a first gameplay look of it at the game awards and the demo came out this past month. Uh, it's not it's not officially out until April, but it is it is interesting, mainly because of the guy who's making it. Um, it's being creative. Uh, it's being creatively led by uh, Abu Bakar Salim. He is an actor who's been in uh, like Raised by Wolves on HBO. He was the voice of the new. Ma- he was the voice of the main assassin in Assassin's Creed Origins, I believe. And then doing that, he kind of got back into make got back into games and started his own studio called Surgeon Studios, and paired up with EA Originals to make his first game, Tales of Kinzeru Zhao, a game that he is making to honor his father, who died. That's lovely. Yeah, and it is a it is a game about a like shaman making a deal with the god of death to capture spirits that have evaded the god of death, and in return, the god of death will bring his dad back to life. And it's a Metroidvania. I was going to say, those, those kinds of deals don't usually work out so well. Yeah, it Based on based on like the demo and like some of the dialogue, I'm assuming this is like a coming of age thing where he's going to go through everything, um, like like go go through this massive ordeal, um, get to the end, go to get his father back, but then realize that that like yeah you died and I need to move on. And his dad's like yeah you fucking do kid, fuck get good, but you know no, but you know be no, more no, heartfelt about it. Like no bring me back, it's boring here. Yeah, it's like no I went to hell, fucking save me. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Just get to the end, and it's like, oh, I need to move on. I need to leave my father in the path. And you just hear, no, save me, please. It's like, I'll piss. Bring me back. But no, it seems like it's going to be more um, like heartfelt and heartfelt about that. Um, but the gameplay itself, it is, it's a, it's a solidly be- built like Metrovania. It's very like fast paced in terms of the combat stuff. Um, you have effectively two combat modes, uh, an orange one and a blue one. Uh, orange is melee combat, more like up. More like up close, fucking heavy stuff. Uh, blue is fast shots and ranged combat with an emphasis on crowd control. 
And weirdly enough, this fast-paced particle effect heavy uh, Metroidvania style, like jumping around fucking flippy game has an active reload, which is very hard to get right. Wait, so it's not just one of those hold down the button and go kind of situations? Uh, no, you have eight shots and it takes about it takes about three seconds for them to reload after you've fired them all or one second if you get the active reload right. With the active reload being a thing you unlock as you level up. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a choice. And I feel like it, and I feel like it, um, once I get used to it, that's the thing. I'm not used to having to like look over my guy's head to, to wait for the bar to be in the right place to hit the button before, before I fucking shoot again while also dodging enemy attacks and like fucking flipping and dashing and doing other jump shit. And yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of like the main gameplay stuff of it. It's, it's fun. Like they managed to make the platforming feel really solid. Um, they have some interesting uh, stuff with it. Like you have to like they're like waterfalls that actually block your progress until you dash through them. And so I'm interested to see how those end up coming into play in like one of the more challenging platforming sections because they do have like platform challenge sections. There's one. There's one that you find in the game that leads you to like I think an upgrade point or something where it's you sliding down a like water like just like a rushing rapids thing while avoiding like insta kill spikes. Ugh, I but hate insta kill spikes. Yes, but they, the insta kill spikes aren't everywhere, and they reset you to the start of the challenge. Okay, okay. Because because that was an optional challenge mode. Like literally, the there was character dialogue saying like, "Oh, this symbol means challenge." So it's an entirely optional thing that you could just avoid doing, if, and just if you just want to like mainline the story. Uh, and the gameplay is a lot of fun, and the like environment design I think is really interesting. It's it's pulling from a lot of different African cultures, um, including I think like the Congo people. Like Congo religion, especially because like, like the god of death is Kalunga, which is like a Hades figure where it, where Kalunga is like the name of the god of death, and then also the place spirits go when you die. And Kalunga is just kind of like following you around and is talking to you at least in the demo. Don't know how it'll be in like the main game, but he's like going around talking to you and trying to give you guidance, and also occasionally just like chide you for being a bit of like a whiny little bitch. Because you're a fucking like twenty year old guy who lost his dad. He is. He has a goal to bring his dad back from the dead. He's not going to be fucking driven off that, even if it's not a great idea. Yeah, someone's like, "You're twenty years old, man. You don't need him. You don't need a dad anymore." Yeah, and one of the first spoken. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking wow. I yeah. mean, it's true. I mean, it's true. It's uh, uh, from a certain point of view that could be. It's, it's like it's like why it's like why it's like he's like you're an adult. He was gonna he was gonna die at some point soon anyway. Not yeah, a, not, not at twenty. Cool. Like dad dying at twenty is still pretty early. Like dad dying when you're like fifty or sixty that makes sense. Like maybe forty, but like dying at twenty, that's rough. Yeah, no fucking kidding. Let me just add. Let me just add a don't need a dad after twenty to my show notes. <laughs> I mean, Alex might be right. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so this is a demo, so there is a couple issues that are coming up with it, particularly in terms of just, like, technical stuff. Like, game is best game is best used, but you guys have played with a controller. When you use a controller, uh, when going through the graphic options, it stopped going down after, like, five options for some reason. I would, like, be scrolling down with the D-pad on my controller, and then it would go down, 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 up, up, down, down, up, up, down, down, up, up. And I was hitting down the entire time. That's fun. Yeah. And then getting into the game, it ran real fucking choppy. Like just frame drops at random moments for no particular reason. Like not even like a, like I was monitoring, um, 
I was monitoring like GPU and CPU usage too. No big spikes or anything. It just all of a sudden would just tank. And it could be an optimization thing. It could be just the way my uh, system is thing. Um, I'll know more when actually like the full game releases. But as of right now, I'm, t- I'm, I'm excited for it, but not super like I'm, I'm excited for it, but more excited to like see the finished version and less be like, oh man, the demo got me so fucking hyped for this game. And we're like, okay, I want to see what this game actually works. I want to see what, how this game looks when it actually works. Yeah, demo's free right now on Steam if you want to check it out. Uh, and then last thing, Cave, we've been playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands a bit. Ah, uh, yes. That game. Yeah. Yeah, we got this because Cave and I we play... play a video game together. Yeah, Cave and I play games together all the time. Um, and this one, the like fucking special awesome edition that, was, uh, that had all the DLC and stuff, that was available for $15 during the Epic Games winter sale. So I was like, hey, let's fucking grab this and play together. And then we did, and we played together. And hey, that's a fucking Borderlands. It's literally just Borderlands with, uh, like, literally a paint of co- a coat of paint sloppily put on it. Yeah, like, including the character that you hate that is in every dialogue ever. Who? The fucking tosser asshole who's not played by uh, Wanda Sykes. Oh, the Andy Samberg character. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's a weird thing with the setup where it is a game. It's a game of so it's a game of bunkers and badasses, which is the which is the um, like Borderlands in universe and technically now available for purchase TTRPG, uh, GM'd by Tiny Tina, and played by you and two other people. But those other people don't have characters, so it's literally just two NPCs that don't exist in the world, commentating over stuff you're doing as the main character and advising you. Yeah, with. Uh, the Andy Samberg character. Is it good advice? No, I didn't think so. Yeah, like the Andy Samberg character is is like, yes, I'm the hero. We got to do the hero thing, and then Wanda Sykes is like, I don't give a shit, blow everything up. Which is why we like Wanda Sykes. Yeah, well, also Wanda Sykes isn't as annoying. Far less annoying. She nothing, talks a yeah, lot less. Nothing against Andy Samberg. I think he's a good actor. That character is not great. Character's terrible. Yeah. Also, Tiny Tina kind of sucks too. I don't like her very much. Yeah, she's. She's not. I love Tiny Tina as a character. I don't love her in this game. Yeah, she's just annoying. I think she's a terrible DM. <laughs> she kind of is. Or bunker master, I suppose, would be the proper term. Yeah, BM because it means to poop. Yeah, well, that's this game—a big piece of. Anyway, it's it's not it's not that bad. It's just kind of like no, it's 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 literally just more Borderlands. So if you like Borderlands, <clears throat> including the exact same humor again, you'll like this game. Yeah, it's. Is the exact same humor, and even if it gets like the like exact specifics of it a bit different because now it's like fantasy, it's still exactly Borderlands from tone everything. Like I think the thing I think the last thing we did was a woman wanted to get an alchemist to start to start like to, oh, to date her. Yeah, we want to get an alchemist to date her, and so we had to go collect a goblin, give it a polka dot, like give it like a polka dot paint job, and have it recite poetry. And then the joke was the woman wanted to fuck the goblin. Yeah. And that was it. It was just three fetch quests back to back to back that meant nothing. Gave us barely anything. And the joke was and the joke was the most obvious punchline it could have been. <sighs> yeah, it was I lit like I walked away from that quest multiple times. Yeah. It just It was not fun. Yeah, and then like with with the rest of the game, it it's just Borderlands. Like they, they change up the colors of some of the things that explode, but that's about it. Your guns are still guns. Your powers are still 
honestly less interesting versions of the originals. Yeah, now. like like in terms of in terms of like the character classes that we are, um, I am a I think like Drake, like a some kind of dragon thing, where I have a pet Drake flying flying around, and I can throw a hammer that does lightning damage. And Cave is a like spore warden or something. Yeah, some kind of mushroom thing that has a mushroom sidekick, and then you also do like some other kind of damage. I think I have tornadoes that I can summon. Okay, is that is it your power? Or is it just a magic spell you found? That's a power. Are okay. they tornadoes of fungus and spores? Not really, no. No, they're just oh. tornadoes. Ah. Yeah, like it, there's very little flavor in the actual classes that of what you're playing compared to the other games where they actually were like the classes felt significantly different. different. Like literally, he and I are playing two completely separate classes with separate like trees and everything. We feel exactly the same. Yeah. We both have tiny companions that we have no control over that deal some damage to other things. And then we have some kind of AOE thing that we just throw out there and then forget is there. Like, I've, I've heard apparently there is talks of a Borderlands 4 coming. And if there are, they they need to fucking put in work. Because, like, Borderlands 3 was... Borderlands 3 was such a, like, middling experience. Yep. But even that was more of a unique experience than Borderlands... Than in the Tiny Teams Wonderlands. Yeah, agreed. Because, like, the classes felt at least differentiated from each other. Even if, like the main th- the main problem with like Borderlands three for me was story. Yeah, the story was while the setting was interesting because you were at least going to places other than fucking Pandora. Um, the, the story, story was the story was hey all these NPC sirens are over here doing cool stuff and also you're there. Yep. Even if you're playing one of the NPC sirens. Yeah, and so like like fucking they need they need to they need to fucking pull back on the siren shit. Like I get everybody's the, a siren. Yep, everyone's a siren, and sirens are the only ones we're putting any effort into. Just fucking siren genocide, kill them all, start over. If if there's a Borderlands for it, needs to be a clean slate. Just fuck a siren. You're something. All sirens are gone. It's a thousand years later. The only person alive is a fucking CGI, is a fucking like AI construct, a tiny Tina living inside a claptrap body. Because honestly, those two are just the same character. Well, they feel the same. Sorry. In fairness. They're not the same character. They fill the same role as characters. As just, we need something funny to give these guys their missions in the beginning, and then they'll come back and go, bah, why are they still here? Bleh, quality. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, what are you even playing? Uh, well, let's start off with the shit. Fuck you, Pokemon. <laughs> so, the latest DLC came out. I played it. Uh, sir, just latest DLC for what? I, I, I for, <laughs> uh, I've forgotten what Pokemon we're on. Uh, Pokemon... I've forgotten what Pokemon I'm on. Oh, uh, what is it called? Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. Thank you. The latest DLC for Scarlet and Violet came out. Okay. And it's fucking awesome. Until you get to the challenge. Because the whole thing's basically like an Elite Four rush. Um, Like there's side shit that I love and I'm enjoying that. But it's basically an Elite Four rush. And then one of the Elite Four challengers says, hey, by the way, you can't use any of your teams. You have to go out and catch an all-new team. That's to stop you from stomping them with your level 100 team from the base game. Except that's not what I'm using. I like a challenge, so I raise a new team for every fucking DLC. Yeah, but they, they don't count on people doing that. It it's, should it's, be a fucking option. 
It's like why you it's why like the games can't universally trade with each other until like six months after the new game came out, which is just to stop people from it bringing over all of their high level stuff from other games and immediately destroying the the um you know the narrative and all that. Yeah. So what but, uh, DLC is this? Like, what's the name of it? Just just uh, just so I can like look it up and get some information. Oh God, you gotta make it hard on me. <laughs> yeah, I gotta make it hard. To, I gotta make it hard for you to remember the name of the thing you played. The teal something. Uh, no, Teal Mask was the first one, which was also great. Okay, so the Indigo uh, Disc then. Yeah, the Indigo Disc. Okay, I was look. I was looking at that, and I didn't know. If, I didn't know if there was a new new DLC. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, like I love Pokemon, but I had literally just gotten through grinding a team, and then it's like, hey, grind a new team, and I'm like, fuck you, I'm not playing this. So this was less what the game did and more what the and more your response to what the game did. Yes, it's more like he he did he did something uh, in preparation for uh, the playing the DLC that the DLC immediately invalidated that he didn't know was going to happen. Yeah, and Pokemon is about taking your friends and going through battles with them. So literally having a section of the game say, "Yeah, no, you can't use your friends." I think that's. I think that it's fair for me to get pissed off about that. No, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I was just making sure that it, I'm just making sure that uh, like, I'm just making sure that the that the rage. I don't know what I was doing. Keep going. It's so, like, like I said, Pokemon is about making friends with the Pokemon, and using them to do battle and win money and have fun. I I know I know and, I know that's what the narrative is. Pokemon's about dog fighting. No, yeah. it's not. Pokemon are intelligent beings that are capable of rejecting you. In narrative. Yeah, in narrative. In game. I mean, in the game, is, you, you pretty much can't mistreat them. If, <laughs> if, if this wasn't a recording, I would have walked away by now. Okay, I'll stop. Sorry. So, like, and then to have the game say, no. It's like, if you're going to do that, then just don't let me bring my Pokemon in in the first place. Give me a new starter. Like, I mean, I see what they were getting at. You just made a really bad guess as to how you were going to play. I, I understand what they were getting yeah. at, but there is an option. It's called, for this new region, your Pokemon do not have the proper documentation to go through. So we're going to grant you a new starter so that you can build a team in this region. That's what they should have done. So how are you supposed to build a team? Are you supposed to use your team to build a new team? Or? You use your team to build a new team. Okay. Is there like is it like region specific Pokemon? Can you like go out and get stuff from old regions and then bring them it in? It has to be the Pokemon in the DLC. Now the DLC has a lot of region specific Pokemon from the old games, which is really cool. Okay. If you do it right, you could catch a team of all starters because you can unlock the starters. Oh. Which is really cool. And I was super hyped when I found out, hey, I can unlock the starters. I can I can like work on getting a new living decks. That's awesome. Wait, what do you mean I can't use my team? Yeah, like I said, I I'm I see why they did it because they were assuming that ninety-nine percent of the players would just like bring in their their level hundred team from the base game and immediately stomp everything. Then go, hey, we paid full price for this with a ripoff. You know, they weren't they weren't expecting someone to have actual emotional connection they're like nobody plays like that well as, as what is even the emotional connection thing i think like it, it was the idea we didn't expect someone to do what we were about to tell them to do before we told them to do it yeah basically they're like nobody would no nobody would make up an entire team 
just just for the DLC, and then it turns out there is one person who would. There's probably more than one. There's probably a whole bunch of people because I've seen posts online about I was doing rabble rabble. <laughs> how rump how rump. See, I probably would have been the ones that just brought in a new team and stomped everything, but that's just because I'm impatient. And I'm like, let's just get this over with so I can get to the Wi-Fi battling already. I Oh, I hate the Wi-Fi yeah, battling. Yeah. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. I would have gone to uh get the thing and say, Hey, need a new team, and that's the point I would have turned the game off. Because from what yeah, I that's what happened to me. What I remember yeah, what I remember of Pokemon. At, at a certain point you have to start grinding. Yeah. It's a lot easier to grind these days, though. I don't it care. Is. I don't like grinding. Like, like, no, I mean, like, like you, you can just um, get items that they basically drown you in that literally just instantly level up your Pokemon. So grinding is as simple as like, okay, I'm going to feed you 20 of these and you're good. Oh, I, mm. It's still not good. Yeah, I don't think I like that either. Like, like, because it's, it's like, it's like on the one hand, don't like grinding. On the other hand, just, hey, we gave you all these items. Stop playing the game and just go play the game. Stop playing this it's, part of the game. And go play the other part of the game. No, it's it's again, it's it's so people can just jump right into the Wi-Fi battling without having to spend hours grinding up their team to a level where like they won't get immediately pasted. Then why not just have the fucking? Why not just have the Wi-Fi battles set everything at a, at the same level? Uh, well, they 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 set you can set everything to fifty, but you have to be at level fifty first. Why uh, why they do it? Why they doing that? Because that's the level that like your entire move arsenal is unlocked. No, I get that, but why do you like, like if you're going into the Wi-Fi battle specifically, why wouldn't they just let you? Why wouldn't they just have you go? Okay, everyone's fifty, regardless of where you actually are. Uh, because of the fact that you gain skills and abilities. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, so you go in there. So you, so you go into the Wi-Fi battle thing, launch the menu, and then it says, "Hey, set your set your abilities." No, I mean like stat wise. Yeah, yes. you gain stats, you gain levels. I, you gain I, yeah, I, I, I think it just the algorithm can't just make a rough guess of what their stats at that level is supposed to be without you having actually leveled through them. It's a closed. Why. It's a closed ecosystem with only so many numbers. They also it, make it. I feel. I feel like my argument is no less ridiculous than Caves. Like they should give you a new starter. No, no, it's no, just, no. It's just You're that's absolutely what, right. It's just that's why they did it, and it makes sense to them. Fucking Nintendo, man. Like, I need to stop fucking trying to logic out Nintendo logic. It's ridiculous. It is, like, so... It is... Nintendo, as a company, make a lot of really great family products and products that also are about 25 years behind the curve. It's... God, I... Every time we talk about Nintendo, I'm always like, yeah, I think I made the right choice not playing Nintendo products anymore. Not out of, like, moral outrage or anything. I just sold my Switch and don't want to get another one. Seriously, if I'm going to buy a thing to play on the toilet, I'm either going to use my phone or get a Steam Deck. I'd rather play a game that actually functions instead of one that looks like... Instead of one that was either made for the system or was ported to the system and looks like shit. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Anyway, anything else to gripe about with uh, Pokemon Cave? Uh, no. The last thing that I had to had to gripe about, I've talked about, so... like. Right. Anything else to play? Yeah. Uh, I finally got to Act 3 in Dragon Quest XI. <laughs> Woo! And I almost thought I beat the game. <laughs> I was like, "Hmm, something seems we like." So there's a false ending at the end of Act Two, and I was like, "Why is the? Why did it end in Act Two? And then it's like, "Oh, they get to get. Oh, so there's some post story where you get to mourn your. Okay, you get. Okay, so you go and you meet up, and it's like, wait, awesome. There's more story. 
oh great, I get to just, this is one of those time travel kind of stories where I get to use my future knowledge in order to make everything better. Why did everything get worse? <laughs> so yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, definitely have some level grinding in my immediate future though. Because <sighs> it's a Japanese game. I mean, what do you expect? Uh, for things to evolve as time progresses. Agreed. One of my biggest gripes is the shitty inventory management system. <laughs> the absolute trash inventory management system. The fact that you can get a boss. Or you can get a boss encounter at like level 40 that you have no hope of beating until you're like level 70. And it's not a secret boss. It's just, just one there. of the bosses. Uh, there's a sub area called Tickington that you don't have to do. But that you like that it's like encouraged that you do, and yeah, I, like it, there is a boss there that unless you have a specific item, you need to be like level seventy to eighty to have any chance at, and you can't get the specific item until later in the game. It has been so long. I still don't I, have it. It has been so long since I played Dragon Quest Eleven that I have forgotten almost everything. But I think I remember what you're talking about with the like with like the fake end with like the fake out ending where everyone almost dies. Hmm. I think that's where I stopped playing. Yeah, I kept on playing because I was like, this is this is not a good ending. This is a lackluster ending, but yeah. Oh, well, my favorite Dragon Quest game will continue to be Yakuza Like a Dragon. My favorite Dragon Quest game will be Dragon Quest Builders 2. <laughs> I can't wait to play Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth because they made a sequel with my favorite character in Yakuza because he's not a boring fucking cardboard cutout. Kiryu. I always, I always feel like I end up disliking the primary characters and like the primary stoic characters in Japanese stuff. Like, don't like Kiryu. Don't really like, um, fucking Kenshiro. Don't really like Jotaro. What? Everybody likes Jotaro. But fucking Kasuki Ichiban. I'm, I'm talking about a different Jotaro. Yeah, but Kasuki Ichiban. That's my boy. Oh, that fucking dork. And in, the, in Infinite Wealth, he gets a segue. You can, your entire party gets segways that can roll around at, you can roll around in like the overworld. There's just charging stations everywhere. God, I want to fucking play this game. I'm watching gameplay right now just because why not? It looks so fucking uh, good. But yeah, uh, I like other than like inventory management and bosses that you can have no hope of beating. I really like. Um, I really like Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, the game was fun uh, from what I remember of it because I think that was actually my first Dragon Quest game. It's mine. Like, Alex, I, you want to fucking school us casuals? Is he there? Okay, he I isn't. Think, I think I think Alex left us. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm back. I'm back. All right. <laughs> I, I had to go see how my sister's dog did daycare. <laughs> okay, it's very important. Yeah, we were just talking but about yeah. our, we were just talking about our history with Dragon Quest. And the ah. fact that Dragon Quest Eleven is our first Dragon Quest games. Really, for yeah. both of us. Yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven is our Dragon Quest Eleven is our first, and then we also have very weird first. We also have we, very weird favorite Dragon Quest. Games. I mean, I I don't think Dragon Quest Builders counts. I mean, the only one, the only other one I played other than Eleven is Eight. So I have I'm not exactly particularly experienced in da- Dragon Quest myself. Okay, we assumed okay. you would be. It's a JRPG, so yeah, yeah, but it's a JRPG that doesn't show you the characters fighting, and that just is like a. But yeah, this is probably the this me. is probably the first time that I've talked about games that I've never talked about before that I can recommend all of them. Well, alrighty then. Because okay. the Indigo Disc I've never talked about. It's great. Just don't 
go in with a new team. <laughs> Don't raise a team and, specifically for this game. Only and there's a guy games. who's like friendly but feels manipulative. Fight him first. <laughs> Fuck that guy. That's my tip. Go for him first. And go yeah. for the juggler before he starts talking. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, I recommend everything that I've played. Uh, if you haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, get it. If you haven't played Dragon Quest 11, get it. Dragon Quest 11 has a lot of grinding. It's great for playing on the toilet. Well, all right. Yeah, I guess so. Which is why I got it for the Switch. <laughs> uh, yeah, Genuinely, I buy my JRPGs on the Switch exclusively because I know I'm going to need to be able to grind while I'm pooping. Yeah, fair. <laughs> also, that was like where the first main uh, final edition came on was the Switch because the first they made it for... PS4 and PC, and then switch with the updated version, and then they you know release the updated version for everything else. It's about how it goes. Well, alrighty then. Uh, yeah, so I guess with that, that's gonna do it for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. Um, let's see if I get this out on time. I'm sure to, ch- sure to um, check in for the site on Friday, uh, February 16th. We have a video coming out uh, for Inculinati. Inculinati. I still have no idea how to pronounce that. A new game that I got a code for, and we should have a video for up for that on the 16th. Uh, it's a like it's like a 2D strategy game with like art style uh, derived from like old like medieval like tapestry paintings. Looks neat. Oh uh, yeah, then we also have other stuff coming out. We got Curse Destiny. We got other podcasts. We got us talking about the uh, fucking Starfinder field test. All kinds of shit. Until later though, I'm dead. I'm Alex, and I'm Cave. We'll see y'all next time. Goodbye, see time. you in uh, another four months. <laughs> It'll be six next time, don't worry. Ah. Oh, you fools.